ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our special guest is Alex Yumashev, the founder of Jitbit, and our topic for today is support as a big part of user experience. Hey, Alex. Uh, hey, Jane. What's up? Uh, doing good. Thanks for making it today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, I'm thrilled to, to be talking about such important topic. But before we dive in, I'd love to ask you a few brief questions about yourself. Is that fine? Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Awesome. So, Alex, what do you do for a living? Well, I've been self-employed since 2005, uh, which was the year when I first launched my one-man software business. I uh, named it Jitbit Software, and uh, I used to uh, sell this, you know, shareware tools for Windows. It was a one-man software shop. I was doing everything. Well, you know the story. You're old enough to remember what shareware means, right? Yes. <laughs> so that was me, the shareware guy sitting in my basement and coding and doing everything. Then we've pivoted several times. We went to the web apps space and SaaS market. And uh, currently, uh, actually, we're transitioning into one product co company. And the product is uh, Jitbit Help Desk. It's a customer support software. And that's the thing we're really passionate about. We're kind of going through the same process as 37 Signal went. I guess when they transitioned into Basecamp, right? They shut down all of the products and focused on this one. Uh, that's what we're doing right now. And the company has grown over the over these 12 years. Uh, obviously, uh, it's now four full-time people and uh, three or four contractors. Um, and we're highly profitable and we're in a nice place. So yeah, that's the short story, I believe. That sounds great. Um, I'm happy for your team because it's a highly competitive space, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Helpdesk software is a hugely uh, crowded market, and uh, what makes it, what makes it even more um, tough is that most of our competition is funded, so they're VC backed. So, mm -hmm. which means that the prices for paid customer acquisitions are crazy. It's uh, like a hundred dollars a click in AdWords. So you can imagine we have to <laughs> work our ways, you know, to find some shortcuts to get to our customers, but still, yeah, we're yeah. trying to make it. Yeah, the words highly profitable are quite promising, I'd, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not because we're making like billions of dollars, it's because we're a small company and <laughs> we don't need that, uh, that big of money. I think that's more sustainable even, so really awesome. How did you get there? Well, you kind of sh covered that, but maybe something more? Uh, well, well, it took us a long time, just like I said, 12 years, well, 11 years, so uh, you must have heard this talk by Gail Goodman in, at the Business Software Conference in 2013, she was talking about this long, slow ramp of death, SaaS mm -hmm. ramp of death, when it takes you a long time to get there, uh, unless you're really focused on growth and you have like VC money to throw uh, at your growth, then it it kind of you get you can get there faster, but the profitability would be not that great, right? It's what uh, Nathan Barry mentioned when he was growing ConvertKit. He said that by the time they were making like 50k a month, like 50 grand a month, the expenses were like 30 grand or something. 
because he reinvested literally everything he was making back into his growth. And we were not that um, focused on growth at the very beginning. And 10 years ago, it was simpler, right, to, uh, to get noticed. That's, I believe, was the reason that, uh, one of the reasons we had this unfair advantage, right? Because we started early. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, a help spot by Ian Lansman. Yeah, I Ian think L- they enjoy actually, the same benefit of early entry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ian is actually a friend of mine. We meet at conferences all the time, and he's one of the few com- competitors that are not funded. He's also a self-funded little company that's trying to fight these Zendesk and Freshdesk and I don't know, Help Scout, uh, Groove, User Boards, all these companies. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I know you very well. Sorry. Great. What does your typical day look like? Well, uh, most of it, mo- most of my work time, I, I prefer to code, which is kind of uh, not the usual thing for a CEO and founder to uh, be doing. And so I still have <laughs> lots of things to uh, do, like marketing, which I hate, search engine optimization, which I hate. I love doing support. I'm 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 great with with, um, with that. And I just recently I was talking to a customer of mine from um, from from the Netherlands, and he was really surprised that CEO actually asks like picks up the phone and uh, talks to people. He was like, "What are you the CEO? Are you really Alex?" And I'm saying, "Yeah." And he say, "How big is the company that you're answering all the phone calls yourself?" And said, don't worry, we're big enough. It's just <laughs> I just <laughs> like doing that. So yeah, my typical day is coding, support, and all those boring things like marketing, content marketing, search engine optimization, and whatnot. Uh, do you enjoy the freedoms of uh, like a flexible schedule, or do you have like a fixed routine or work hours? I don't have a fixed routine, and that's been a problem. And I had to figure out some system. Well, you know, every if you're a self-employed, you have to come up with some system to keep yourself motivated and disciplined, right? Uh, so uh, I don't have any fixed hours, but I have um, little hacks that help me go through my week. Like uh, the, every Monday, I try to come up with a plan what I want to accomplish during this week, and it really helps. And uh, uh, instead of, uh, well, I believe it's a better option instead of at the end of the week or at the end of the month of the month to come up with some report of uh, what did I achieve it's actually better to come up with a plan first so you know what you uh, should work on and uh, add some motivation and stuff by the way one thing that I recently tried being on a mastermind group really helps with your motivation because this you know every once in a week we have this call where I have to I'm held accountable for what I promised last week, so it really helps. Uh, my team is all remote, so I don't have that many people around me to talk to about my business. So yeah, mastermind groups. Oh. Right. Yeah, right. all very familiar problems, and mastermind groups indeed are amazing. Can't recommend them more than <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. It's like a rescue for people who work at home and don't have many people around. And yeah. most of us don't, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you work from home as well? Uh, yes, I am. Now that we are relocated, I'm looking for a co-working space. But still, there is so much work to be done like with a mic uh, that can't be done in a co-working space. Yeah. So you still yeah. have to be solo. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you enjoy the most and the least about your work? 
well, the freedom that you know the which is which was one of the reasons I started my own business to you know to be available to travel a lot. I like traveling. I like I'm a huge fan of motorcycle, long distance travel. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I heard how your bike set on fire. Like, oh yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just recent. It was a month ago when I went to Boston to the business software conference, and on, on my way back. One of the bag, bags on my bike that were not properly fixed and it touched the exhaust system and it went on fire and it, it was so bizarre. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Scary too. <laughs> yeah, it is. I had to use my drinking water to, uh, you know, to fight the flames and everything. But yeah, it yeah, was interesting. So <laughs> I interrupted you. You enjoy sports, lo uh, long distance biking. What else? Uh, well, I play I play bass guitar, I play guitars and keyboards a little bit. I just bought a drum set for myself <laughs> to you know to uh, to uh, pop the steam right when <laughs> when I'm too uh, when it's too stressful. It's a small electronic drum set, but I enjoy it very very much. My son yeah, enjoys it that. even more. <laughs> Actually, the question was, what do you enjoy about your work? Oh, my <laughs> work, like, right. like, <laughs> drums. Well, like I said, I, I, I love coding and I love talking to my customers, mm -hmm. like actually being able to uh, feel their pain. And it's so much easier. So many uh, people don't get this, that, you know, customer support is a great growth hack. It's a great marketing hack. But uh, as soon as you get the person to talk to you, they're kind of hooked up and they feel feel like subconsciously they perceive um, doing business with you uh, is a more, uh, you know, it's always, uh, you're, you, you have to exit your comfort zone when you buy a new SaaS application or you're um, going to some business contract with someone, right? You're, you kind of um, have to um, overcome all these initial uh, I would say, like, oh, I forgot the English word that the uh, at least the stress of purchasing, yeah. of selecting the product, purchasing it, not selecting, but the, sacrificing the, the, your the, money, the objections you have, all these excuses you uh, have, but mm -hmm. not doing stuff, right? Right. We actually get to talk to a person. It's so much easier to get into business with them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's. I started. I hated talking to my customers before, but now I'm kind of enjoying it. So. Yeah, that's one of the things I love. That's wisdom, probably, that comes with uh, ten, yeah. 11 years of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, what's your next big thing? Next big thing? I, I, I was thinking about, well, I had this uh, exit plan that someday, maybe five or ten years from now, I will sell my company, but now I'm not that sure about that anymore because I... I just talked to Gail Goodman, by the way, I already mentioned her today. She just sold uh, Constant Contact and I saw her, I met her in Boston last month and she was so depressed, she said that, that it was so, it was a tough decision. It's like you're losing your identity and it's so hard to be a former CEO, like ex-CEO, ex-founder. People ask you, what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm a former founder of that company and it's so weird. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that doing what I do now would be uh, just perfect. <laughs> I'm in a great place. 
Sounds great. So your next big plan is uh, shedding <laughs> off other uh, other branches of your business and focusing on yeah, your help desk. That's probably, probably. Yeah. growing mm-hmm. my help desk product and shutting down the uh, the secondary like side projects, moving them to other domains, and probably selling them and focusing on this one. Really mm-hmm. hard. All right. Let's talk about support now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you set out to be a founder. 11 years ago in 2005, uh, you had plenty of choices where to go, but you selected the support field as your domain. Why? Uh, well, I had the, uh, I have some custom support background because I was working, before I started my business, I had a full-time job as a software engineer in a bank. And when you, mm-hmm. when you work as a software engineer in a bank, not a software company, no, not a SaaS company, but like a like a bank with software is just one of the many, many, many supporting things that support the business, but not the core, not the core business. Uh, you have to do support from time to time. You have to get calls from angry users that are not happy. And uh, so both me and my co-founder, well, technically it's not my co-founder because uh, I hired myself a co-founder at some point because I just realized I cannot do everything myself anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. We both have customer support background and we both have some experience of building customer support system at, at our previous jobs. So that was the reason that, uh, one of the reasons that we decided to go into the customer support space. And one other reason is that at the time when we started selling our help desk software, most of the help desk products out there uh, were shitty. So that was one of the reasons that we decided to create a decent help desk system to keep it really simple and neat and not overloading it with uh, tons of features and everything. So yeah, that was probably the main reason. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your personal approach to doing support, um, I see that um, simplicity is one of the principles. Any other special sauce that affected the way you build your support desk software? Well, we recently, well, not recently, a couple of years ago, we discovered that uh, designing your FAQ pages and your knowledge base are really, it really helps with with your support, it literally saves you money, the money you spend on support, because I always underestimated this a little bit, but I can actually see that uh, at some point we designed it to improve the knowledge base in our product, which automatically improved the knowledge base for all our, for all our SaaS customers that are using our solution. And I can see the statistics, the reports that the number of support tickets coming in, it, just significantly drops and that is that was kind of a surprise for me even though I've, I've been in this market for a long time setting customer support software but improving the knowledge base you know the user experience the UI the uh, making the search engine friendly uh, making everything readable and you know visual hierarchy and everything it really helps adding a nice search engine there it that's a great works. angle We had a previous uh, an episode a few months ago with Thomas Cannon about writing uh, technical documents in a clear way. So that definitely resonates with your approach. Yeah. Do you provide FAQ knowledge base, uh, you know, UI and 
system within your software or is it yeah, people we, usually we, go and source? We do have a knowledge base in FAQ in our software and we do have a lot of customization options like people can uh, edit the, uh, the CSS code and everything but most of, the, most of our customers don't do that. They, don't, they just don't bother and that is, that is the reason that most of our customers get the same questions over and over. So improving this from our side with our, without actually asking our customers, it really, uh, we got tons of positive feedback from that. So yeah, that, that was it. Mm -hmm. oh, would, you, oh, would you share the essentials of the support um, you know, kind of industry craft, because I am quite foreign to that. And I would love to hear the basic principles or the basic steps that um, the support person needs to know when they uh, undertake the job, for example. Well, I would say that uh, uh, if you want to do, if you want to be in customer support, just first thing, the most important thing is that you don't treat customer support as a damp job. Right. It's not temporary, temporary, right? It's not, uh, it's not something that it's not like being a waiter, right? It's like a small job that I'm, I'm just taking it right now before I finish my college or whatever, and then I'll take a real job. Support is is a real job, especially recently. Thank God, recently companies start realizing that that customer support actually is actually important. You should invite like uh, invite customer support people into all the meetings, into product management meetings, into strategy meetings and everything. So yeah, that's number one thing that you should keep in mind. If you want to be in customer support, and you want to be great in customer support, you should not treat it as a temp job. Then, well, try to uh, don't pay attention to all the crap that your customers give you, like all the angry, <laughs> all the angry stuff that they throw at you and well, that's probably it. The two things that cover like 70% of your success rate. Mm -hmm. What about uh, founders who don't have enough uh, resources to hire out that function and they want to do it themselves? They're probably super qualified, but what else do they need to learn? I believe that founders who actually do have the resources to hire support, they still should be doing support from time to time. Uh -huh. Because that, that's what I do. I do that a lot. Uh, and uh, it's, it really helps to, you know, to keep the finger on the pulse of your business because sometimes it's just... I just recently went to this business software com conference where David Cancel, or Cancel, or Cancel, I don't know how to pronounce mm -hmm. it. He said that the best way of a, when a customer contacts the developer uh, without any middleman, right? It's so great because the best response to a support request is hit refresh and it's so he's it is so right you cannot put this i mean this is so true and it's been uh, working for us for a long time is, i wonder so. is it not insulting <laughs> to the user <laughs> why should it be should it be insulting like hit refresh is, is like when you fix something i don't mean like <laughs> Hit refresh because your browser doesn't work. No, no, no. I mean, like, uh, when someone I reports, just fixed that for you, right? Yeah, I just fixed that for you. Hit refresh and it works now. Uh, I mean, even yeah, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, he does support, he answers support emails. 
if it's good enough for Amazon, it's good enough for you, you should be answering support emails. It, even from time to time, it really helps. All right. Um, I've never handled a support system, but there must be some intricacies or interesting details about, you know, handling tickets or something like that. Do you have um, any thoughts on it? Maybe specifics how your system works, how other systems work? Well, I don't know. help desks have been around for a while, so most of the help desk systems are pretty similar. Uh, What help desk software does is actually it monitors your support inbox, like mailbox, and it just imports all emails as tickets. And then you, uh, the the um, the biggest thing a help desk does is that uh, if you have a support team, they don't work with a shared mailbox. They just work with a help desk system. So uh, that's that's much more convenient in help desk than than email software, right? And then you have this history of previous interactions with the customer. So you just click a button and see, okay, this customer, he has bought this from us and he's, he sent five support tickets before that. And he's like, well, you can add anything there. His dog name is that, he's, he lives there and he's like, you know, his personal interests are this and that. And, it's, um, and then you just, Then you just keep the conversation behind the system, just not email, because, uh, well, you can throw in some knowledge-based articles, you can throw in some canned responses, you can see who's handling which ticket, um, I mean, uh, which support rep handles which ticket, and uh, yeah, that, that makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Great. You mentioned when we were talking, when we were doing the questionnaire, that you perceive support as an amazing opportunity to do business hand in hand with your customer. So I would love to hear more about that. Well, uh, all of the feature requests we get, we get in support tickets. All of the um, most of the strategic decisions that we made over the course of developing us our software product were uh, based on support tickets and uh, there's nothing much to add. I mean, the whole product management in our company is based on the actual feedback we get from our customers. So uh, that's, that's probably... Mm -hmm. the, um, I just would like to point, point out that uh, Businesses do highly value interactions with customers, and when you're trying to do sales, usually get like cold email uh, attitude from them. But then when you're doing support, you suddenly have a much warmer person talking to you and requiring help. So this is an amazing opportunity to mm, influence them and their decisions and help them. Yeah, yeah. And, and with, with customer support, the bar is so low. I mean, it's the, uh, most of the companies, they handle support so badly but that it's really easy to stand out and uh, just be a human. Don't use those robotic phrases, don't try to sound corporate like, oh, we're pretty, we're so, please accept our apologies for this inconvenience. Just say you're sorry, it's not that, <laughs> okay, we're sorry, we're, we're screwed up, we'll fix the server or whatever. That's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, 
could you uh, do you observe how other people do do handle support using your software and maybe you could point out some common mistakes they typically do or you don't really uh we don't monitor because it's kind of a private information yeah, we yeah don't i just realized <laughs> right we, mm-hmm. we do talk to our customers uh in case they have any questions we don't jump in like hey you're doing this wrong we just read all your tickets and say oh no 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 you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be doing the right. way around now but i do meet with customers in person from time to time and ask them how, how are you using our software and uh, well actually the most valuable uh, information that i got from you know how where do i go next which features should i add or where do i how do i grow my software further was from in-person meetings with with our customers. You know, there's a uh, this saying that nothing helps more than watching a person over the shoulder trying to use your software. Uh, and by the way, we use a, a product uh, that records all the actions. That's actually a growth hack that I'm just giving you even away for free. Uh, there's a software, I think it's called InspectLed or something. Uh, they have a free plan and you can add it into the trial version of your software. So you, it records the mouse moves and records the, you know, everything a person does in your software. And you can later go through all the trial accounts you get on this month and see where people stumble, uh, where do they start and uh, probably you should fix your onboarding process and everything. So yeah. We, We do that with our trial accounts, but we don't monitor the paid users that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you say again the name of the software? It's we will put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Jitbit Helpdesk. The company oh, the, Jitbit. No, that's your software. I mean oh, the, oh, the, uh, the, the, the the recording one is the yeah. inspect. Like, just let me Google it just right now, really fast. Yeah, inspectlet.com. Mm-hmm. I believe they have a bunch of competitors and not the only ones in this niche, like mm-hmm. Hotjar makes the same thing, they record every all the actions. The the thing is that these tools are targeted at website owners like webmasters, but what stops you from using that in a in a in a SaaS application really helps. Absolutely, that's a great... Uh, well, I had that idea in mind, but I've never had any of my you know, UX clients do that stuff, even though the results must be hugely useful and ent- entertaining, yeah, probably. And, yeah, and, and sometimes surprising. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, I wonder if all the knowledge you have is kind of self-taught of the huge experience in the industry, or do you know any books about support that our listeners can read? Uh, well, I'm ashamed to say that I, uh, I won't be able to recommend any books on customer Maybe support. blogs or resources? Uh, most of the blogs I could recommend are blogs of my competitors, so yeah, but still, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Got it. <laughs> Ian, Lansman, Ian Lansman actually runs a great blog at HelpSpot, HelpSpot.com. They write a lot about mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you categorize your support tickets, how do you... Uh, How do you escalate your tickets to a higher level when support rep cannot handle something? You 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 have to handle it, hand this to a to a higher like system administrator or developer or someone. Uh, yeah, this blog is very nice. Help Scout 
they also have a very nice blog about customer support. And of course, my company also has a very great mm -hmm. blog. It's just so awesome. You should really check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so one final advice for people who are just starting out with support requests. Let's say founders who just entered the field or something like that. The final thought for them. Well, don't be afraid to do that yourself. Uh, not having uh, uh, not having a support rep, not having the resources to hire someone to do that for you should not stop you from getting into the business. I know a guy actually who, um, who creates Facebook apps and he said, he once told me that the kind of support request that he gets is, well, first of all, they're overwhelming because there's so many users and uh, he's, uh, his apps are, he works in the freemium model, so there's tons of support requests. And he said that I get support requests from grandma, grandmoms and uh, from some like nine-year-old kids and whatever. <laughs> and still, and still he said that it's, he was able to do that to handle this himself and uh, he never regret that he didn't you know, close that channel or hire someone to, uh, to filter out everything. So yeah, it should not be something that stops you from going to some niche or launching a business. Awesome advice. Thank you. One more question. It's not related to support, but I'm super curious for people who are entering crowded marketplaces. Uh, It's great that they're crowded, meaning there is a pain to solve, but any advice for them to become successful there? Uh, well, I would say if you're launching your first software business, you should be entering a, uh, a crowded niche. You should be. Yeah, you <laughs> should be. Your first product should be a, a something that already out there. You should, be, you should not be trying to launch something that has never been done before. Like I said, I said this everywhere I go to, all the conferences I speak. Uh, at, I always say they don't try to start something that has never been done before because it probably means that someone already tried this and there's no money or just it's really hard to get it. So uh, if you just be copying your competitors at the first, like at the, at the early days, if you just be copying whatever they do, uh, you will be able to get some of their customers. Just, you know, there's enough sun for everyone. So, um, Uh, copying is also, you know, great artists steal, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, yeah, don't be afraid. Uh, any, it's it's much easier, even even when it comes to customer acquisition. You just copy whatever they do. You just copy their, you reverse engineer their marketing. You reverse engineer their search engine optimization, and you see what they do. You can do that with yourself. But obviously, you won't be that. You won't be able to achieve that. Uh, popularity or that um, level of uh, you know being known and popular but at least mm -hmm. it's, it's much easier it's a great strategy I wonder if uh, Jitbit targets uh, small businesses or uh, primarily enterprise customers do you have like heavy sales uh, we don't have any sales at all We wow. don't have a sales process. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, uh, we're, we're targeting IT people, right? Because we're customer support software is primarily for help desk teams, for IT support teams. And they're pretty much... IT people hate when you call them, right? 
It's just like targeting developers. When you target developers, you don't you don't want to call them because they hate talking to people, right? <clears throat> so yeah, we don't have any sales process and uh, everything is inbound. But we do have some heavy customers, like super heavy customers. Like, uh, let me think uh, which ones I'm allowed to mention. Actually, we have BMW. Wow, uh, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, Adobe and you know companies like huge companies like that. But our pricing model sucks, <laughs> and we charge them like a fraction of what they can actually pay us. We charge them like two hundred dollars a month or something, which is stupid, right? But still, we do have some really huge corporations using our software. By the way, a nice, very nice growth hacks if some software entrepreneurs are listening to this. I am you listening. Oh, <laughs> my ears open, please, Dave. <laughs> okay, if you you obviously if you're if you're selling software, you have a license agreement in some form, right? Whether it's a terms and service or something like at the bottom of your website, right? Something, some document that uh, describes the uh, how people are allowed to use software and how they're not, right? And you should have a line there that you retain the right to mention their name unless they prohibit you, uh, prohibit you from this, uh, to use their names in your marketing materials. If they're not fine with that, okay, we'll remove that from everywhere. And uh, we had some, some uh, our customers, they contacted us asking us to remove their logos from the website, but it was just one out of a hundred, right? So you have, if you have that line in your license agreement, it's totally legit to use their name all over your website. We had like, we had a customer of Intel, which uh, they mm -hmm. used to be our customer, <laughs> and they were basically the only the only company that called us and explicitly asked us to remove the logo from the website, and they had the whole this whole legal team. Uh, analyzing our license agreement, I say, okay, guys, it's fine. You don't need a legal team. We'll remove your logo. It's no problem. But uh, well, here's your back. That's an interesting story. I think it applies to every uh, you know consultant or freelancer as well because you can include that in the contract. Well, when you're freelancing or uh, doing consulting, the problem is that people actually read those contracts. <laughs> with, with software license and no one actually reads them, right? You cannot imagine. Do you read software license, like the license agreements that you, that show up when you install something? No, not really. That's <laughs> true. Well, <laughs> But I don't mean it to be a trick. It just saves, you know, a few body movements when you're trying to later get their agreement. Now you get their agreement automatically. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you for your insights, Alex. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, well, you can... Uh, my website is jitbit.com. You can find a link on my blog there. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is jitbit. It's like the name of my company. Uh, it's my personal Twitter, even though it has my company name there. So kind of weird. I should probably mm -hmm. do something about this, but I'm not sure. Uh, And you can send me an email, alex at jibbet.com. Um, I'll be happy to talk to any software entrepreneurs, like my, micropreneurs, self-funded startup founders. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today and for making time for it. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are thrilled and have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. Take care.